anything you have within your business as a process, write it down because if a buyer comes in, they're going to want to know how to run your business. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest Ecommerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. Today, uh, we're going to have a fantastic conversation. My guest joining me is Thomas Smale. He comes to us from FE International. Over there, he is the founder and CEO. They're an award-winning global M&A advisor. Uh, that's mergers and acquisitions for people that don't like... Uh, that's not a contraction, but I don't know what it actually is. Uh, simplification. Uh, but he's uh, he's got a lot of experience in the SaaS and e-commerce ecosystems, helping brands kind of get ready for uh, scaling and exiting and you know making some money from that. So Thomas, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Chase. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing fantastic as well. So this is a topic I do, we don't talk about that often. You know, a lot of the audience here are uh, they're just getting started or you know or they're in that scaling phase, but they're you know there's kind of the there's a third piece of the of the pie. Uh, and it's honestly a strategy that a lot of people uh, get into from the beginning is they want to sell their business. So, you know, I guess before we get started on all that, I'm sure that you as a little kid didn't grow up and say, I want to be the guy that helps people sell their businesses. So, how'd you end up in this line of work? What's that backstory? Yeah. So, I guess the, the short story is I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I was at college or university, depending where you are in the world, how you describe it, and was about to graduate into pretty bad recession. So I graduated in 2010. The economy was not in particularly good good shape at the time. So finding a job was difficult. So I like the idea of starting my own business. I just didn't really know what. Um, so I kind of felt at the time when I was at college, I was trying all sorts of different things on the side to try and make some extra money. I was like anything but going to get a regular job. I tried it. So you name it, I probably tried it. Um, I, I tried buying and selling domains was how I first got into this industry. So undeveloped domains, not even a website. Moved on from that quite quickly because I never really... I still, even now, do not really conceptually understand the value behind domains. It's very... To me, it's very subjective because it's... How good is the name? It's as good as it, like, it sounds to someone. Whereas with a business, it makes a lot more sense because if a business makes a certain amount of money, it made sense to me. I was doing a business degree at the time. The business is worth something because it generates cash flow. So that made more sense. So I pivoted from buying and selling domains. And we're talking, maybe I'm overplaying buying. We're talking about buying something for $50 and selling it for $200. Um, started buying and selling very small websites. Um, similar, similar sort of concept. Um, at the time, so in 2010, when I founded FE, like marketplaces and options to sell your business really did not exist at the time. Um, so buying and selling a little bit myself, built up a bit of a reputation from the content I was sharing, writing, talking about, um, it was like very unique at, at the time. Um, and then business owners started to come to me and say, Hey, Thomas, I hear you know how to sell websites. I've got this like big, or what I thought at the time was a big website. Can you help me sell it? Um, which is really what M&A is. Uh, like, it's quite a fancy term, but effectively it's 
mergers and acquisitions is helping people exit their their business. But back then we were doing deals for helping, I think the first website we ever sold was about $18,000. So I'd help them sell it, we'd do everything. Um, then at the time, because what we were doing is so unique, but in demand, the word of mouth really snowballed. People started to come to us and say, hey, you sold a business for my friend. Um, or I, I heard you sold a business to a competitor or whatever it, whatever it might be. Um, so that word of mouth snowballed. And that's really how I got into it, how the company was founded in 2010. It was doing very small deals. Um, and then from there, it's really just compounded. And then now we've done over 1,100 deals, over a billion dollars in uh, total valuation sold. And we wouldn't even look at a deal below 100,000 these days. The majority of our deals are seven, eight-figure valuation. Absolutely. So back then, uh, you know, what were what were some of the reasons people were selling their businesses, and what were some of the reasons people were looking to buy businesses? So I think the reason, and this is still the same today, a lot of people that sell sell because entrepreneurs tend to be serial entrepreneurs. There are very few, in my experience, at least one-time entrepreneurs. Very few people have one business that they keep forever, sell off to fifty years, and never do anything else again. Um, in the online space, particularly, it's easy to, or relatively easy to spin up multiple businesses. You can launch five e-commerce stores, five websites, five software products, whatever you might, might want to do. You can launch multiple websites quite easily. So at the time, it was usually people selling, they had they owned five websites and they would sell the smallest or the biggest or the one they were now least interested in. Um, and that's still the same today. A lot of the clients we work with don't just have one business. Um, and if they do, they're probably selling that business to then move on and launch something new. Maybe they have a new idea or change in personal circumstances. Like for, for most people, what you started 10 years ago, is probably not necessarily what you want to do 10 years on or what you're interested in because your life has probably changed and, and moved on. Uh, so I, I'm, I guess I'm still very fortunate that I still love what I do, but a lot of people after 10 years or five years or three years have, have changed their mind. Um, from a buying perspective, I'd say three main groups. So the first group would be people who have a full-time job or a job and want to get into running their own business, but do not necessarily want to launch one themselves. You can buy an established business. You have, assuming you buy it properly, you have a hundred percent chance that business is making money. Um, you don't have to worry about all the issues you have starting a business. You take over something established. You can quit your job and, and run that business. Um, the second common group is strategic buyers. So you might already have an e-commerce brand and it would make sense for you to buy another e-commerce brand, which is selling a similar product, or maybe they sell um, on a similar platform or different similar supply chain or team or whatever it might be. So strategic buyers really vary what they look like. It could be anything from a big public company to a, a, a small a small business owner who's just working by themselves. Um, and then uh, particularly as deals get bigger, you then get investment firms. So usually people describe it as private equity. Private equity firms that generally have raised money from investors or groups of investors. Um, and then they're looking to acquire, to build out a portfolio Usually they will own or control multiple businesses um, in a similar industry. Um, and their motivation is really kind of combining them all together and benefiting from synergies and economies of scale that you can get. Um, so those are the three main types of buyers. And then there's 
a reasonable amount of overlap within that group. So mm-hmm. sometimes you get people who want to quit their job who will get f- funding from an investor they know. Um, same with strategic buyers. So there's often overlap between the groups, but they're the three three main groups that buy and, and also why they're looking to buy. Awesome. Yeah, that was that was a great little kind of intro into you know just how the how it basically works and, and, and the motivations behind it. Um, but you, you know, there's obviously a lot of different types of businesses and a lot of different types of websites out there. And you guys kind of really focus in on SaaS and e-commerce. So uh, what what's appealing to you about those particular types of their assets at the end of the day, you know, as an asset to help people prepare for sale? Yeah, I would also add, we also work on content-based businesses. They're the three main business models we, we look at. Um, so say in general, all three of the business models um, primarily sell online. So just what I like in general, particularly as everyone's seen over the last couple of years with coronavirus and all the lockdowns that have come with it, more and more people are coming online in other parts of the world. I guess we're very privileged in the I mean, I'm from the UK, but I live in the US now. Very privileged in the US. The vast majority of people have access to the internet, kind of take it for granted. There are lots of places in the world that are only just getting internet access. So more and more people are coming online. More and more people are now buying online. So if you just look at the e-commerce industry, content business industry, um, and software industry, or, or SaaS, um, there's more and more potential customers coming into the industry consistently. That's never going to... That's never going to change. I don't think that's ever going to slow down. World population increases. More and more people have access to online. So overall, industry is growing. Um, I mean, we've been doing this since 2010, but over the last couple of years, at least, um, the, the social shift of remote work becoming more socially acceptable um, d- definitely has brought more investors into the space um, who previously might have only wanted to buy businesses with physical offices or real estate. Whereas now you could conceivably buy a business as a team that's entirely remote and that's not a problem. Um, and the vast majority of companies you work with are completely remote. It's not necessarily a criteria of ours, but it's definitely a commonality that that we see. Um, so I think in, if you just look at the three different business models, so I think content, content businesses, so that's things like blogs, um, they're always going to be popular because people are always online researching all sorts of random topics. And I guess there's a never-ending supply of things that people want to learn about and search. So 20 years ago, when I was growing up, you'd have to buy a book or like a magazine or whatever to learn about a topic. Now you can just Google it. So content websites are always going to have demand. Um, and I guess they usually advertise, they usually have ads on there or affiliate offers or various different ways of monetizing like that um e-commerce industry like i said more and more people are coming online particularly over the last couple of years where it's really accelerated people who may have had internet access before are now buying online at a much higher rate than they ever have before people have amazon accounts and you could have um your own store and you could be selling on amazon you can just sell on amazon you can not sell on amazon at all there's not really a right or wrong way to do it in my mind um, but there are so many different options you have for distribution now to reach potential um, buyers. Um, and then the software space, years ago, if you wanted to, if you were a business owner and you wanted to do things, you'd have to, from a software perspective, you'd have to physically get it installed in a server in your office. So like on-premise software. 
But now, not everything, but almost everything can be done in the cloud. So the SaaS industry as a whole, just if you just look at the industry, if you just ignore buying and selling those businesses, the industry is going to continue to grow. The average SaaS business will continue to grow just as the total addressable market grows. Um, I think that's the thing. And then I guess we're just a, a middleman as the industry grows. Our job is to help founders successfully sell. Um, but if the industry grows overall, then we probably grow overall as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, just the curious. My curious nature is like the uh, the content buying and selling content businesses was always something I was super interested in when I was, uh, you know, before I kind of found e-commerce. Uh, and uh, you know, honest e-commerce is a, is a bit of a content play as well. Uh, anyone listening, obviously, uh, I've been doing this quite a while, and and we invest in the in the content, and we got a few sponsors here as well to try to make things as cool as we can for you. And then obviously, SaaS is every one of our partners is basically a SaaS software uh, over at the agency. But uh, you know, we're here today because everyone involved in this this whole thing is you know basically in the e-commerce business or tangentially related e-commerce. So let's just let's focus in on e-commerce. So. I've got a business, Thomas, and I've been working on this for a couple years. But you know, I've got some. I got shiny object syndrome. I've done what I can for this business. It's fairly successful, but success is a metric that only you tie to yourself. No one, no one else really cares, right? So I'm done with this business. I want to sell it. I have no clue what I want to do. What do I need to do? So the the very first thing you need to do is figure out what it's worth. Um, so depending on your business. My suggestion would be find a company like FE International, but it might not necessarily be FE International. Find a, a company that has represented businesses that are similar to yours. So if, using another example, if you were thinking of selling a house, the first thing you would do is go somewhere like Zillow and you'd look at the houses similar to yours that are so sold locally and you'd probably find the realtor that had, at least is what I did when I bought my house. Find the realtors who've worked on similar deals and you'd reach out to them and be like, Hey, I want to buy a house or sell a house similar to the one you've sold locally. Can you help? So exactly the same in the M&A world. Find an M&A firm or a business broker or a marketplace, depending how big your business is. If it's really small, you might not be able to work with a firm like us. If it's big, you might be calling a different company. Um, it really depends. So find who sold a business similar to yours um, and hopefully multiple companies. Usually, while a lot of deals in the space are private... There'll be press releases, ask founder friends who you know have sold businesses, um, see who they worked with, get a, a valuation. Well, most firms in the industry will offer a free valuation. At least we do. So we'll give you an idea what your business is worth for free and an overview of what the process looks like. So Chase, your business is great. It's worth $10 million. Um, we think it's going to take 90 days to sell. Here's the process. Um, and then you might get some other valuations as well. And um, I might get $8 million. It's going to take a year to sell. Or sorry, we don't really know how to sell this kind of business. Um, so get a range of valuations. Um, it's important to do that as well and get an understanding of like who you like because everyone has a different process. Like While I think we have a really good process, one thing that you might not like working with us is that we dictate how the process works. We're, we're, not, a market, we're not a DIY marketplace. Like we know our process works, so we follow it. If you want to come work with us and change how our process works, we won't work with you. So maybe you want to go sell somewhere else. So start with evaluation, 
and affirm where you like their process and and how they how they do things. Make sure you like the the person or the team you're going to be working with, um, and make sure it is a team as well. Like ideally, if you hire FE, for example, there's probably throughout the course of a deal twenty different people that have at least touched that business or looked at it in some way. If you go to a much smaller firm, there's often just one person. Um, and we have experts each different stage of the process. It's the, the way I describe it completely respectfully to my team. The, the people in our team who are valuation experts, like they're good with numbers and spreadsheets. You do not want that same person physically going out there to sell your business and dealing with buyers and negotiating. You want them telling you how much your business is worth. You don't want them doing that. So that's why we have a team. We have lots of different people that work in it. Um, and to, to, to me, at least, that process is much more optimal than one person who knows a little bit of everything. Um, so that's how to start the process. And then depending who you're working with, everyone's process will vary. But hopefully, once you've established what your business is worth, you can decide what you want to do from there, whether it's sell now, hold the business for longer. Um, maybe you never want to sell. Maybe you want to shut it down. I guess there's lots of different ways to approach it once you've got that valuation. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Eye can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E dot I-O. Mesa is the Shopify expansion pack to level up your brand. By turning all your internet-connected apps into your business epicenter, Mesa can lighten your workload and tame the day-to-day chaos of running your store. Join other successful brands that have learned how to balance clever workflows with a solid infrastructure to get more done without more overhead. Whether you need to order data in Google Sheets, products on Etsy, or customers added to HubSpot, Mesa has you covered. Peace of mind is right around the corner when all your apps are working seamlessly together. To put it quite simply, Mesa is a better way to work. Search Mesa, that's M-E-S-A, in the Shopify App Store and download the app today. Is your store holiday ready? Now is the time to make sure you and your team are prepared for the busy season ahead. Gorgeous, an omni-channel help desk built for e-commerce has machine learning functionality that takes the pressure off small support teams and gives them the tools to manage a large number of inquiries at scale, especially during the holiday season. Gorgeous combines all your different communication channels like email, SMS, social media, live chat, and even phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all your customer inquiries. Their powerful functionality can save your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. Merchants can close tickets faster than ever with the help of pre-written responses integrated with customer data to increase the overall efficiency of customer support. Their built-in automations also free up time for support agents to give better answers to complex product-related questions, providing next-level support, which helps increase sales, brand loyalty, and recognition. Eric Bandholtz, the founder of Beard Brand, says, We're a seven-figure business, and we have essentially one person on customer support and experience. It's impossible to do it without tools such as Gorgeous to help us innovate. Learn how to level up your customer support by speaking to their team. Visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest. Mention this podcast when you sign up to get two months free. That's g-o-r-g-i-a-s dot g-r-s-m dot i-o slash h-o-n-e-s-t. Our partner Rewind can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data. 
Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, and collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 100,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Nick's, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, respond to any of their welcome emails and mention this podcast, Honest Ecommerce, and get your first month absolutely free. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up your free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. So from a, you know, founder's perspective on, you know, the e-commerce side of your business, how, you know, there's the process. That's what it's like if you've made that decision that you, you want to sell it. What are things that I should be doing as a founder or as a listener or as I'm building my e-commerce company to make sure that I have a better valuation or an easier time selling my business? What are what are some uh, systems or processes that you see that are in place in businesses that sell faster or for more money? Firstly, you do have to start with the actual valuation because as part of that process, there will almost definitely be specific things to your business. So I will give some more generic points after this, but there'll be some things very specific to your business that you could you could find a checklist of 20 things you absolutely must do. And you could check all of those boxes, but there might be one thing that's specific to your business that makes it not sellable that wouldn't necessarily be on a generic checklist. And that should, at least if you work with a good firm, get picked up in the valuation process because there's lots of analysis that goes into it. So start with that. But some more generic points in general, um, buyers always want to, and this sounds kind of obvious, buyers want to buy a business that's growing. Um, some people make the mistake of only trying to sell a business once it starts declining. So you might grow for five years and then move on in life or move on to another project or get, get busy or the business might just get difficult. Then the business starts declining. Don't really see the writing on the wall. Maybe not honest with yourself. And then a year later, once the business has been declining, they then look to sell. That's not a very good idea. Sell the business while it's still growing. You're going to maximize valuation. Um, and at least the way I look at it, if you just kind of look at like big picture, it's not really a bad thing if you sell a business that's growing and a buyer comes in and also manages to continue growing the business. Like if, if you've walked away with an amount of cash that can change your life, does it really matter that the next buyer who's given you that cash in the first place then goes on as successful? Customers are happy, employees are happy, like big picture. That's like always a always a good thing. There's never any bad things there. So selling a growing business always better than a business that you've already given up on and moved on from. Um, putting good processes and systems in place internally, particularly in e-commerce, if you've got any like logistics challenges. Um, I mean, today it's much easier, like with platforms like Shopify, for example, 
the Shopify platform is great. There are lots of plugins and apps you can use to run your store. There's lots of agencies like yours that can help people build a successful business on Shopify. 11 years ago, when I started FE, Shopify did not exist, at least not in the form it did today. I think it was founded in 2010. So it was definitely not, definitely not the platform it is today back then. So you were stuck with all sorts of terrible platforms that people probably don't remember, like Volusion, which when I mentioned that, people know I've been online for a long time because most people have not seen Volusion ever since. Um, but platforms like that, it's, so it's much easier these days to have a business which is easy to take over from a technology perspective. Because if you say, hey, I'm selling this business, we do 10 million a year in sales. It's on the Shopify platform. Lots of people get how Shopify works. Very similar to what happened in the content business space with WordPress. When Now everyone uses WordPress. Almost everyone you ever speak to knows what WordPress is and has used it if they have a content-based business. 10 years ago, yes, it was a thing, but it wasn't necessarily everybody. People were still building websites with like Dreamweaver and HTML and stuff like that. So while some people still do, um, technologies become easier, but you still need to document how things work. Um, so how you update your... from as like simple things from like how you update your like product descriptions to how how you know when to order more products um when you how you do inspections with your supplier to make sure the products are like at the standard you need anything you have within your business as a process write it down because if a buyer comes in they're going to want to know how to run your business and the easier it is for them to come in and run your business the easier it is to sell them for them to kind of come in and take over if you don't have anything written down, then either your business is going to be difficult to sell or you're going to have a challenging transition period where you have to handhold and train the, the buyer for a long period of time. Um, this is obviously a little bit difficult to predict, but try build a business in a space that's evergreen and will always be around. If you build your business around, a, and this happens quite often in e-commerce specifically, people see a trend um, and like I said, these days with like Shopify, it's easy to spin up a store in. Don't know if you can necessarily do it in hours, but if you're smarter than me, you probably could. You can spin up a spin up a store in a couple of hours, and you can leverage almost any trend to start selling products in that that space. Um, say if you want to build a business, you can sell. Definitely needs to be in an industry that has probably been around for a while and is con- going to conceivably continue to be around and continue to be popular. If you're just chasing every single new new trends, um, so years ago, it was like fidget spinners. They kind of came on and people would come to us with websites like fidget spinner, e-commerce.com or whatever it would be. Um, and they would have six months of sales and they would have been making millions a month. And they wanted to sell that business, but it was never possible. We'd never be able to help them because we have literally no idea what was going to happen with fidget spinners. Um, and obviously now most people don't even really remember what they are and they're definitely not selling at the same rate they were back then. Um, so try build a business in an industry where it is going to continuously grow. Um, and if not, if you do want to like leverage those trends, make that part of your business model. So build a store around like the latest products that are kind of seasonal. And then if your business model every year is, Hey, here's my process of finding um, popular products and selling them, that's a, a much more sustainable business for someone to buy because they're like, well, 
this whole business is built around reacting to trends rather than just chasing one part of the trend or one specific trend, which will, I guess, by the nature of trends, will die. Um, so there's some things to think about. But fundamentally, you need to start with evaluation because every business is different. It's difficult for me to give generic advice that applies to everyone because every business is it is different and somewhat unique. Absolutely. No, no. There's a lot of fantastic advice there. And it's funny that you say that uh, uh, you can't sell a business that is kind of catching a trend or riding that wave. I mean, I we also don't work with businesses that are kind of trying you know, to... It's it's almost as in essence like a cash grab. Uh, we, we're always kind of wary about that because uh, you know, a it's such a flash in the pan. It's not sustainable in in any regard. And you know, nothing against those businesses. If you're smart enough to see that trend come and make that money, like power to you. But sure. uh, you know, it's 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 definitely a little bit more of a quick money thing than it is to to make a, a sustainable thing over time. On the other side of things, right? So we've talked about how uh, you know what's the process like when you're about to sell it. What are things that you need to do to for it to be able to be sold? Um, do you also help people on the buy side? So we will we have a lot of content for people who want to buy a business. But from a service perspective, we represent sellers. So mm-hmm. you have a business to sell, we represent you. You as a seller pay us. Um, buyers don't pay us anything as part of the process. I mean, we have there might be some small fees throughout the process as part of buying a business. But fundamentally, the seller is the one paying us. So we will help them. If you come to us and say, hey, I have a million dollars. I want to buy a business. Here's what I'd like to buy. We will show you a selection of businesses. We will give you resources to teach you how to buy a business. Um, but no, we do not necessarily represent um, buyers directly. Absolutely. And then is there anything that I forgot to ask you about today that you think is like crucial to kind of this whole process or, or that you think needs to be shared? I think... Look, when you're building your your business, I mean, we've spoken about what you need to do when you've decided to sell it. Um, but it's, I think it's definitely important early on in your business to start thinking about what you would like to achieve and what you'd like to sell for. Because I think a lot of people follow kind of generic advice, which might be applicable. Advice can really depend on like what you're trying to achieve. If you're just trying to, I say just, if you're just trying to build a million dollar business, what you need to do to build a million dollar business is completely different from if you're trying to build a billion dollar business. So I think too many people trying to build million dollar businesses follow billion dollar advice and too many people trying to build billion dollar businesses are following million dollar advice. So the kind of things you need to do and learn about are different. So for example, the stage FE is at today, eight figures revenue, our team's over a hundred people now. The, the kind of things I'm doing as CEO are completely different than it was when we were five people. So the kind of things you need to... And I think you need to be prepared for the things that go with that. I'm now effectively just a manager. I've spent all my time managing people, reviewing work, doing kind of strategic thinking. Early on in your business, what you're doing is different. A lot of people decide to sell when they kind of hit a upper limit of how much they are either willing to do or can do themselves. Um, but I think it's important to understand that early on. Like if you're just trying to build a business and you don't want to hire any people, you just want it to be you or maybe like you and a couple of family members, that's fine. But don't read the article about how to build the next Facebook because it's not going to be useful for you. Um, And it will help determine other decisions early on, which can be really important when you come to sell. So should you raise money or not? Most clients we work with don't raise money. Um, So when they sell for a million dollars, 
Um, it's much more of social norm now, but years ago, people would laugh at you if you hadn't raised money. You, you almost had to raise money. Whereas now, if you sell for a million dollars and you're in 100% of the business yourself, you're getting a million dollars when you sell. Whereas previously, people might sell for a million dollars, but they would have raised money and they only own 10%. Or t- you own ten percent of a ten million dollar business, you also still walk away with a million dollars. So figure out what you're trying to achieve early on in your business. I know you mentioned a lot of people listening or I guess watching uh, early on in their business. So think about that early because it really will help determine your decisions. So when we were talking about like trending products, for example, th- that doesn't necessarily mean just because I think you can't sell a business built around one product. If you can ride the wave and do really well with a trending product, you can make a lot of money, which far outweighs building a business you can eventually sell. So I'm sure there were some people out there with fidget spinners who made millions of dollars a month for a, f- a few months, which is is great. You say ride the wave, take the money while you can. But the one thing I've learned about running a business over the last 11 years is there's always ups and downs. So when times are good, I guess make the most of it. Absolutely. That's some fantastic advice. Really, it's it's like, what is your, you know, what type of business are you trying to build build and being realistic with yourself and and you know, just and getting there and putting on, you know, almost blinders and just doing what needs to be done to get that at that exact level. And I think that's, you know, something to be said there is to talk to people that have done it before. You know, million dollar businesses aren't difficult to build. Ten million dollar businesses aren't difficult to build. Billion dollar businesses probably a little more difficult to build like that that's when you're getting to a different type of a caliber of business so um you can definitely get some great advice out there and speak to smart people whenever you need it um thomas i, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today and, and sharing all this information if you know if there's a listener out there that is thinking about selling their business uh how do they get a hold of you yeah well, well firstly i appreciate you having me on um secondly we go to the fe international website Depending who you are, you can navigate around. So if you want a free valuation, go to our sales section, request a valuation, um, fill out a short form, and then someone in the team will reach out. And if you mentioned you um, listened to this podcast and heard, then the team will, I wouldn't say they'll prioritize you, but they will know that you've kind of thought about this kind of stuff in advance and uh, kind of they'll get back to you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Cool. Well, thanks, Jace. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.